Welcome to the Modern Investing with Side Pocket podcast, where we find some of the brightest minds in investing, entrepreneurship, real estate, tech, and more, and ask them, how do you stay financially ahead of the curve in the dynamic world we live in? But before we start, a quick disclaimer, the content we are discussing through this channel should not be understood or construed as financial advice. Regardless of anything to the contrary, nothing available on or through this channel should be understood as a recommendation to buy or sell securities or constitute financial advice. With that out the way, let's get started. Uh, joining us today is Aha Roan, an enthusiastic intermediate level investor who has shown a sharp acumen for identifying promising investment opportunities. Aha Roan, it's really great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Arthur. Appreciate it. Always good to give back to where people are, get that good, good community of people around you. Yeah, welcome, man. Glad you're excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So why don't we just dive right in? I know we're just starting the episode here. Would you share a little bit about just who you are, your background, where you come from, just to get the conversation started? Yeah. So I was born and raised in the Bay Area, Bay Area native. Um, I still live here. I love it. It's great. Went to various schools around here growing up. Went to Temple University for a while when I was in undergrad, came back out here to SF. And that's where I just started getting into tech. Make, um, makes sense. A lot of people in uh, SF are in tech. Yeah, for sure. It's like what you got to do out here to, to make it. But I, I love the atmosphere. I love being around cutting edge technology. I love the, the talent, the people that come to work here and do amazing things. So I, I wouldn't trade it for living anywhere else, honestly. Do you study tech in school, in college? So it's a pretty crazy story, actually. I'm a part of a scholarship in San Francisco called the SF Achievers, mm -hmm. which is for young African-American males coming out of high school, looking to get a little bit of financial aid for college and stuff like that. They awarded some scholarships. And so one of our mentors invited me to a session at City College. This is after I had graduated high school and he told me to go to a like a just a quick uh session he didn't really give me any background info and uh, during the session one of the speaker asked hey how much money do you want to make per year she it got to my turn and i said i want to make 500 million dollars a year and so she said come talk to me after class then so I went to talk to her after and she said, I want you to be part of this program where we're doing like an accelerated learning in corporate IT. And so I signed up, did the accelerated program and then got an internship at Visa. And here I am now still working Visa six years later. Nice. Sounds like you really enjoyed out there. Yeah, I love it. One of the great things about Visa is it's one of those places where you can move around and learn a lot of things, learn a lot of different aspects of the business. So I've just been building up my career, learning a lot. I started off as an intern, so there is a lot of room to grow to get to be like where I'm at now. Yeah. And, and where is that right now? Yeah. So right now I'm in corporate IT. Mm -hmm. So I do... Um, 
and end user on site support supporting app uh uh applications um hardware issue issues troubleshooting building machines av support mostly support based stuff right now and mm -hmm. dabbling in some cybersecurity stuff and just learning about the business on the back end just like things that visa has going on got it anything that you're seeing there that's like really exciting to you and might be exciting to some of our listeners let's see with visa right now it's it's all about gen ai we're trying to push the boundaries of figuring out how we can optimize work so we've been getting in partnerships with microsoft getting the 365 co-pilot and the github co-pilot stuff trying to just like as far as it wise that's one of our biggest pushes also trying to use ar vr technology to create a more dynamic work experience so that people can work from home or like globally have meetings that people can feel like they're more meaningful so like mm -hmm. looking into the ar vr technologies pretty cool right now nice have you guys used yeah. much of that already are you already adopting it have you attended ar vr meeting yourself today we actually looked at this today they unveiled that they were checking out and testing this hologram thing i believe it's called like an ARHT or something like that. And so that looks like the solution that we might be moving forward with, possibly if it ends up going great. But uh, the other one is the new Apple headset, like the VR Pro or something like that. Yeah. So I think we're trying to get our hands on some of those to test out and see how we can implement them. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really changing the game. Oh, yeah. And I think they want to start doing more like zero authentication stuff when it comes to one-time passwords, multi-factor stuff. So I, I think that stuff's pretty cool too. Yeah. And let's let's pivot a little bit to like on the entrepreneurial side. I understand you're, you co-founded a company called Sino AI. Right. Could you talk a little about what, what has you spending your free hours on, on a startup in general? And then how did that path lead to Sino AI? All right. For a long time, you guys know my best friend, Joe, works with you guys. And for a long time, we pondered at what our purpose in life was. And it boiled down to or our purpose and our biggest problem. Our biggest problem was just like access, right? We want to do amazing things in this world. And we've, and I feel like a bunch of other people do too. How do we get access and information to these things in a world where it's not as transparent and you don't really have a guide all the time to say, oh, this is the right move or this is the wrong, wrong move. Mm -hmm. And we made that realization and then turned it into everybody probably feels a degree of this feeling that we're feeling and how can we create something that everyone can use to create the happiest life or the most fulfilling life that they can. And so our main tool level up that we're working on right now is basically the epitome of that. We're building a tool that will give you insight on yourself, help you build your career, help you pivot to another, another passion of yours and make that full time or 
just give you motivation and a pathway to reach any kind of goal that you want to. And we're using some pretty fun technology to do that. Yeah. Could you elaborate a little bit on the how you're applying like technology and AI to this? Yeah. So one one cool thing we do is we so let's say I have a goal. And one really cool thing we found out when we were using ChatGPT and other Gen AIs is that you can reverse engineer basically anything and, and attach a time frame to it as well. Mm-hmm. So if I want to become like a 1300 level chess player by May 2024, I can type that into ChatGPT or any kind of Gen AI and say, I practice two hours a week. Is it really like, how can, what skills or what things do I need to master to become this level chess player by this time? And gen, generative AI can break it down for you as even day by day. We're thinking this is a really cool way to implement planning ahead and tracking your goals. And yeah, so we want to create a place where we can input anything and give a pathway to to our user and then that and we also want to test our users as you're reaching your goal we give a proficiency test to see how good you're doing and then we can reroute that pathway based off of your progress that's really cool because i can already see that we, we have lots of goals right 500 million a year is just one of them Right. Right. And if you can list all your goals and have AI create the whole plan for it and constraints where you have only this much time in the day or you're working this many days a week, you have this schedule, this much time total. And as you add more things, it'll help basically create a whole plan and how you can do it within those constraints and how it combines with other stuff. And it's all this like heavy computation that we have to do on our own that sometimes leads to analysis paralysis. And this sounds like it'll be really cool or just gives you at least, if it's not 100% accurate, it's 80% there. And another cool thing is like with scheduling, you schedule all these things and you're going to have other things on your schedule like work, like your hobbies. Let's say you play like basketball or do yoga or something like that. And so one really cool insight that we've had is we live in the age of, like personalized data, right? All these big companies have this personalized data and they know exactly what you're looking for. They can bring you the perfect ad at the perfect time and make you a consume, like really consumer. It's like strong consumerism. And so I was thinking like, this is a way to turn the tables on that. And we can create a workflow where we have all these things that the person is doing with their life. And we can create some sort of data points and analyze how is somebody doing in different ways based off what they're doing, based off their schedule or the habits that they're doing. If we're measuring people's proficiency, we can look at six weeks and say your proficiency has gone up 35%. What are you doing differently? What have you taken out of your schedule? What have you put in your schedule? and give people real data about themselves that might help them be happier and reach their goals faster in life. Yeah. 
and stay focused. When, and stay focused. Your plan, you're you're not buying random stuff off of Amazon every couple hours. Exactly. I'm, I'm guilty of having done that in the past. <laughs> Man, it they'll pop up something that I've been talking about. Crazy. That's the scariest part. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So I think in in this age we have like a couple ways that things can go, right? We can become a society where we're technology centric and we move through technology in order to talk to people or we can use technology to relate to ourselves better yeah i think i want to see how i how can we use technology to enhance everyone's life more like how chat gpt enhances your work right we want something that can enhance your everyday life give you that feedback that you need, keep you on track, give you that schedule or plan that you didn't see come and also connect people who have similar interests as well. Now, is this a, your, is it, have you launched startups in the past? Is this your first one? First, first ventures. First venture. I'm sure we've done a, a lot of things wrong, but right now it's a learning process. And it's exciting and fun. And I know that the thing that I always tell myself is at the end of the day, build what you want to see in this world, whatever that may be. And so that's why I think that it's important to take things into my own hands and try to build what I think the future should be like and gather people around me who can help me like mold my ideas and we can create something that a lot of people will enjoy using and will make them happier and excel in their lives yeah that's awesome and congrats on your first venture man appreciate it thank yeah, you yeah for sure and how far along are you guys are you just early on doing r d or are you about ready to yeah. launch mvp or where you guys are at we're at the r we're at the r d we're i think we're a little bit we're more in the D phase. I think we've researched a good amount of like, we, we pretty much know exactly how to do it. It's just, it keep, everything keeps evolving. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. technology evolved so quickly. We had, we have, we've had major, major changes to, to our foundation based off of things like that are happening in crypto, right? At first we were thinking about, can we create a cryptocurrency and have people learn and then get crypto back so that maybe they could replace their job? And let's crypto is not very hot right now. And, and then you have something like ChatGPT, which completely changes or just generative AI, I would say just completely changes the way that we can build out our project and like also the capabilities of what we can do in the app and how our users would use it. So as technology changes, we have to adapt. And I think that right now we're just looking for that moment, that peak moment where the world is ready and we're ready to like launch and just building and making sure that we cross our T's and dot our I's with everything on the business side and technology side and just like slowly gain momentum until everything feels good we're, we're just figuring out the ropes yeah that's an awesome journey to be on 
it, it's great. You're you're constantly learning and you're building something that you're passionate about, which is uh, a great use of our time. I like how you mentioned right away, you led with your purpose of what you want to do. One question we like to ask on this uh, on the podcast is what ultimately do you want your legacy to be? Like, what do you want to be remembered for at the end of your life? Man, that's a, that's a good question. Definitely want to build something that can make the world a better place and a happier place and give people access to achieving whatever they see is possible in their lives. Being able to push and motivate people, that's a big one. On the other hand, I want to be known to be like just a great person to be around, athletic. I'm a big athlete, baseball, soccer, basketball, football, basically, yeah, just lifting weights, calisthenics. I like to, I, I want to do a, like lots of sports. So I love that part. I want to be the type of person that my legacy will be bringing people up that are around me and just pushing the levels of technology as far as they can go. Go to space, whatever's out there. Maybe we'll find something crazy out there. I've always wanted to go to space and explore and do cool, cool things. Just live a well-rounded, And you awesome know that, that opportunity is in our lifetime. It is, man. I'm like, I always think I'm so thankful to be born and like when I was born. It seems like everything's happening right now. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely a good time to be alive. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's awesome. <laughs> Where are you at right now in terms of investing? I know you mentioned that even in your introduction, you, you spot great opportunities. Like what, what's, yeah. where did the interest in investing ultimately kind of start? When I was younger, I always understood. I went to private school and I'm from modest, a modest household financially wise. And I went to a private school and there's some very wealthy people. And so I was always like, this is awesome to see like this wealth, like different from being rich, different from being like conspicuous consumption, just buying like things that make you look rich and I always wanted to just find out like how these people got to where they were and like what it was. I had this thing about Wall Street when I was in high school. I just knew about it. I didn't even really know it really happened. But then like you end it after a while you start understanding, okay, like investing is like the way to go. Make your money work for you is the best way to build generational wealth. And so that's how I first found out about it. When I first started really diving into it was I just started stacking money. Like every time I got paid, I would just have to stack a little bit of money. And I was thinking sooner or later, I'll be able to like hop into the market and buy something that is that I think will make a good gain or just become a kind of conservative investor to make a little bit of money while I'm just like building in a better understanding and I think that's what's been successful for me, just like taking a look at what I what I feel like I understand pretty well and then doing that. And if I don't understand it too well, then I'm not going to do it because it seems like it's out of my out of my strike zone in terms of risk and stuff like that. Being hungry to get the knowledge about that next thing that you might want to invest in. Mm -hmm. That 
is what kept me growing as an investor and like understanding more and more like about just trying to build wealth. Oh, thank you. And when you were first, when you were on that journey, you were probably trying different things. You had some wins, some losses, and probably skewed one way in the beginning. And then as you had some more experience, skewed the other way towards the end. Where did you, when did things start to really click? What was the strategy that you were using that you're following that was actually, that you figured out, you cracked the code on? You're like, oh, wow, I'm making money. This is working. So it's funny that, yeah, that's a funny one. Cause I think the first thing, so I started off on, I started off opening like a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. kind of just, you know, watching videos and understanding like some conservative techniques, like how to spread across the money that I wanted to make. And I was, I mostly just was like, okay, this is my, once I had built that first long-term chunk of money that I wanted to invest I put that down and I, it was one of those things where they said, this is something that you could set in, forget. So I just set, I think it was like mostly REITs, some ETFs, things like that. Yeah. It's like a spread of different REITs and ETFs. And then after that, I got a little more ambitious mm-hmm. and I got Robinhood and I went on Robinhood and I was getting a kick out of investing in IPOs. Okay. And so that's how it started, where I started being like, okay, like, I've been like getting a little bit successful with my strategies. And then I also, fortunately, at Visa, I get discounted stock. So I buy back like a lot of stock from Visa. And then I also just try to max out, I max out like, 401k and then I just started off big chunk of money trying to go for like the long super long term stuff with the Roth and 401ks and then also doing like medium length investment so just so that I could make bigger like smaller riskier plays mm-hmm. so I do that online savings account and then take that online savings account and go on Robinhood and see what IPOs were happening. And I'm just like, okay, cool. These IPOs are coming up. I'll pop in and see if I think it's a good hold, I'll hold on to it. And if I don't, I'll just try to flip it real quick, like in this first day. And that was like my comfort level because it, it didn't seem like too volatile. You know what I mean? And then other things I would do is just invest in companies that I was like, I know they're, I know how I feel like financially, I feel like they're doing well. So I just pay attention to CNBC or like Bloomberg and stuff like that. Just listen to the radio and hear things that are, hear the goings ons and try to like say, okay, like this seems like a company that's doing well, that has like a vision that I like, like just investing a good amount of money in that mm-hmm. holding it for the most part yeah Got it. and have you have you looked at alternative investments as well have you, have you messed around with crypto a little bit yeah so i yeah so yeah crypto i got in bitcoin made a chunk of money off bitcoin probably could have held it a little bit longer but mm-hmm. 
Like it was, it was fine. I ended up on the plus side. You know what I mean? That's all you can really ask for. I can't yes. be, I'm not going to be like, oh, could have, should have, would have, right? Yes. Yeah, right. so, yeah, you I can't mean, be greedy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. So like Bitcoin I ended up pretty good for me. I think I had some Ethereum. I think, yeah. So Bitcoin, Ethereum. I know there was one more I had. I think there was one more that I had, maybe Ripple, but I'm not 100% sure. But I think I ended up doing pretty good on all those. I think the only loss that I really took, which kind of sucked, was I was using this. I actually don't even know if I lost the money yet. I have to go look. But BlockFi, I was using BlockFi. And I'm not entirely sure what happened to them, but they started sending me letters like we might not be able to get you your funds back and stuff like that. So I haven't even tried yet. It seems like that money might be gone. Hopefully it wasn't a huge chunk of your portfolio. It sounds like nah. you're managing your risks pretty well. You're pretty no, it was, about it. It was actually a, a very small amount, but I had made a good amount of money off that small amount. So that was interesting. Yeah, like... I made a good mo- amount of money off that. I think I put in like a hundred bucks and I was like, at, I had made 75 bucks. So I was like, oh, cool. This is cool. But then, yeah, everything just got frozen. I got to go check that account. But you're, yeah. you're welcome for the reminder. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so how does with just what it given it sounds like you're you mostly focused in stocks and, and you you're getting opportunistic with kind of short-term moves and stuff. Um yeah. you, you're watching your CNBC and Bloomberg, so you're you're taking in various sources of data and yeah. staying informed and maintaining a, a certain narrative around what's happening that's informed. Yeah. What what are you paying attention to now in terms of like opportunities on the market that you're like excited about you're you, you haven't quite made a move in it yet but you're watching them and, and and as well as what are you paying attention that could be some threats that like might delay or impact your decision to make more investments um that's a good question i think right now when it, i think it's already hot but i i still think it has like the potential to get much hotter but i think like the like processing power and things like that. It's mm-hmm. like anything, anything to do with like processing power, anything to do with like materials of anything that goes in a computer or even like supercomputers now. Yeah, I think that's like the industry I'm looking at because it seems like there's just so much innovation in that area and so much use for the technology that it's becoming just like crazy. I think my, I I know someone who had a bunch of shares in NVIDIA and he's just loving it right now. You know what I mean? So that's the industries I'm thinking about going into a little bit more. have a little, I think I sold my NVIDIA, but... Mm -hmm. But like more up the supply chain, right? Like actually getting yeah, exactly. the mines. Yeah. Exactly. I, like, yeah, I want to, yeah, get get more into, instead of getting that company that you know by name, that's like the last person to touch the product. Like, how can I get at the supply chain? How can I learn more about the industries that are handling money and making 
because Nvidia is buying this stock, so they're paying somebody. So it's like, how do you, how can you understand like the life cycle of their year? Like, when are they going to buy this? Who are they going to buy it from? Is that going to affect another company's stock? So I'm trying to get a little bit more entrenched in like tech stocks, I would say, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wary about it just because I, I would say I'm pretty conservative investing just because I didn't start out with much. So it's like every time I get a little bit more, I'm like guarding it and I want to and I want to then throw some into something that's going to be a little bit more long term. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I just had a funny thought a year from now, we're doing another podcast. You're like, yeah, I started mining, <laughs> man. I sell to NVIDIA now, <laughs> dude. Like that's the kind of stuff that I would, that's the kind of stuff I would want to do. I think I have a couple steps before that. Like it's, it's a crazy world right now. So it's, we, we don't know if crypto is going to swing back around with some crazy technology that changes and brings value back into that. I think there are still a lot of crypto believers. I think it's still the way that like blockchain is still like the coolest technology that we have that's not being utilized to its fullest potential right now, I think. So I think, I think the rise of like blockchain backed companies and blockchain technologies in other in like bigger companies is going to be like the rise because they're although they're digital commodities right coins they all run on computers anyway and every computer right. requires <laughs> different metals different parts and if you're supplying it doesn't matter if it's a blockchain company or a normal company either way they still need my materials and you could serve everybody and then double down in what you think is going to be in terms of investing in the additional actual companies where you could be a little bit more tolerates some more risk for some bigger gains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that, and another area I would say is I really want to dig into real estate more because like everyone, everyone needs some place to live or store their stuff or whatever. So I think there's a lot of cool things I can do with real estate. I think that's one of those steps that I see a lot of people take and say real estate is that thing that really tipped the thermometer, like when it came to making like a smart investment that's going to last a long time. Not only can you decide to live in a place, but you can make a lot of money selling things back. And that's stuff that you can just build your wealth portfolio, basically. Yeah, it seems like you're you're really uh value diversifying and and you're very conscious of your risk. And, and that's really a, a lot of the people that we talk to on here. That's a shared invest in what you know and manage your risk. <laughs> and yeah. you've been with us a very long time. And I really appreciate you being one of the earlier, early fans of ours. And yeah. given your conservative philosophy and calculated approach. What did you like about Side Pocket that ultimately had you decide to, besides you loving us, of course, what ultimately did you like about the product and, and what did you see it could potentially do for you that had you decide to like, hey, let's give this a shot? Taking all of my connections and emotions to the product out of the way, it seems pretty much like a no-brainer to me. And from what I gather, SidePocket is using techniques that 
are used at the highest level investing, like hedge fund management type strategies can now be used for just my personal finances. And so I think that was the number one thing. Okay, cool. This is another place that I can learn something about investing. And I can also make money at the same time. So like when I go onto the app, I see a bunch of things that I don't know what they mean. So I can go and look that up and get a little bit more informed. But it's also simple enough to understand like that I'm putting my money into a a specific kind of strategy. So I think that was really cool because I don't want to go in and just be like, okay, these people know just as much as me. I want to see something that's, okay, I have room to learn, but I can also understand the product. So going in and being able to select like my risk, my risk level or like how aggressive I wanted to be or, you know, what, and be able to look at like, this is what you should expect back over the year, right? No one is you know, no one's telling you that outright when you invest in something. They're just saying, oh yeah, this is a good stock to invest in. It's okay, cool. What does that mean? You know what I mean? People, when they're at the beginning stage, they're not going to know what to expect. You could put in, you could put in a bunch of money and lose a bunch of it before you start seeing a profit. And so I think it's cool to have a tool that sort of is beginning to teach users about how to like how to properly invest, but also like their expect like how like what your expectations to be. Some of it more intangible things that you don't see on a Robin Hood or like a TD Ameritrade, for example, was and I did a good amount of research in TD Ameritrade seemed to be like a really easy platform and it seemed really confusing to me like I didn't really under I didn't it seemed like there are so many cogs and wheels to turn and I didn't like it didn't feel comfortable to where like how side pocket is where it's I know what I'm getting into you know what I mean and I have that it seems like a guarantee of making a smart decision with my money yeah, no, that that's great. And what, what where are you invested in right now? And in, in which side pockets do you recall? Yeah. And what's let your performance me, been like? Mm-hmm. Let me pull up side pocket right now and take a look. I think I just put some money into another side pocket yesterday. Yes, yeah, so far I'm in three. I'm in the conservative growth multi-signal, the risk optimized bond rotation, and the aggressive income momentum optimization and what was your rationale for choosing those so the so it's funny because i was thinking like this could be like i wanted to see if i have if i have aggressive versus conservative versus risk optimized how are those things going to balance each other out so i was okay let's put in the same amount of money into the conservative the aggressive and see which does better over time for my own sort of like understanding of okay like i'm not going to move any of this money so i can see if it's gonna if aggressive like how does the aggressive really trend right because you might be down a lot one day and you might be up a lot one day and then i wanted to like look at how that measured versus the conservative growth because the conservative growth should incrementally get larger over time like in a small amount like less volatility 
-hmm. And then the risk optimized again, like I'm pretty conservative, at least now. So I just wanted to do another chunk of money into the, into something more, something more conservative. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like I, uh, so far the return. So yesterday I went up or today I went up a dollar in one of mine, 0.5%. Everything go. that's the thing about side pocket is that it seems like somehow everything just goes up. I haven't really incurred any losses. So that's one thing that, you know, and how long did me to keep putting money into it? When did you first start get started with this? I started last year, I think, but it took a little bit of time to get the funds in because of the transfer that I first initiated. It wasn't a direct transfer. It was a transfer from another another account. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like it a lot. I think that this takes away the stress of having to look at something every day and also pick the right stock. I think that is something that when I first started, I was a lot more, I need to pick the right thing to invest in. And I think a lot of people do that and then they get like very one-dimensional too fast. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get one-dimensional. Well, if something bad happens, you're screwed. If something great happens, that's awesome. But if something bad happens, you really could be down and out. Yeah, it's scary. You're taking money you worked really hard for and you're putting it into something that you're not sure what's going to happen. And yeah, it can definitely get get emotional for sure. But yeah, no, th- thanks a lot for that, for sharing your experience. I'm curious, uh, what, what would you say to somebody that's considering ch- giving Side Pocket a try that maybe hasn't yet? Then I would say try it for sure. I would <laughs> say try it and... I would say if I would say if you have a good amount of money invested and you feel confident in your skills, I would say take a good amount of money and let side compete against side pocket and see how well you do. Because I'm pretty sure that they're making the right moves. Like I like just over the time that I've left side pocket and not looked at it and seeing the overall success of it with zero stress is like the part that I really like because now I can just go make money and put it into side pocket right as opposed to going to make money and needing to find my play or oh I missed my IPO or I didn't have an, I should have put more in here. I should have put more in there. I think it's it's good to have, it's good to still do that if you're passionate about it and you like doing that. But you also have a really safe play that can help you start to really get some momentum when it comes to making your money make money for you. Because if you're first starting out and you're, and you want to start with something that's not going to cause you to lose a bunch of money, this is the place to go. If you go to Robinhood, you still have to make the choices. If you get onto a trade station or something else, you're going to have to make the choices. And if you wait too long or you're not paying attention one day, money can just disappear like that. You know what I mean? With side pocket, you have, they're making the trade 
like when the hedge fund, when the wealth management corporations are making the trade, they're able to see data and details that you can't see. It's like having a, it's like having a professional work for you and manage your wealth. Like mm -hmm. it's pretty much a never before seen tool. And it's like, I, I can't even imagine how awesome this is going to be once more people start using it. I think this is completely complete game changer, industry breaking type of technology, giving the people the service to have access to this kind of wealth management is really awesome. And I really thank everyone at SidePocket for building this product because I think it, it can change the way people start viewing their life. And ultimately, if someone, you know, if we're going 10 years in side pocket, I may see money I may have never made. So that is something that I really am happy about. Aaron, I want to thank you very much for hopping on this podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation and uh, look forward to having you on here again sometime. Yes. And I extend my thanks to you as well. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. I love sharing my story. Love building community. I hope that me and you stay good connections. And yeah, man, like just having a good community of people and like the people at Side Pocket. You have a company that I can look at these people and say, yeah, these are good people. These people actually care. And so thank you guys for giving me a voice. And I hope that anyone else who's listening out there you decide to embark on a financial literacy journey and hopefully download Side Pocket, put some money in and see that it's a great product. And thank you. <laughs> really appreciate awesome. your time. And yeah. Likewise, Aharon. This podcast is sponsored by Side Pocket, the only automated robo-advisor on the market that combines multiple tactical asset allocation investment strategies to generate returns. If you don't have the time to professionally trade and you're tired of being at the whim of the market's ups and downs, consider using SidePocket to automate your investing. SidePocket monitors the markets and automatically rebalances your holdings each month for you to maximize returns while protecting against losses. Losses are not a one-to-one -one relationship. When you lose 50% of your portfolio in a bad quarter, it requires 100% return the next just to break even. That's why SidePocket applies sophisticated quantitative methods, including tactical asset allocation, to systematically minimize these drawdowns and consistently protect and grow your hard-earned savings. To learn more, visit SidePocket.com.